The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at the different levels of Disney World hotels, value, moderate, and deluxe, and tell you what you can expect to see from each. If you're enjoying the podcast, we really appreciate it if you subscribed in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, FM Radio, anywhere you find podcasts, and it'd be awesome if you could leave us a positive review. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com. Connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or on Twitter at WDW Deciphered. You can also email us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com if you have any topics you'd like us to go over or comments or questions. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back. So we are here today to just give an overview of the different Disney hotel levels. We have spoken before in episode nine about the benefits of staying at an on-site Disney hotel. And so, you know, there are a lot of benefits there and we advise you to go back and check that out if you haven't listened to that episode yet. But when you get to Disney hotels, there's, you know, like over 20 different hotels to choose from and they're all different price points, different price ranges. There's kind of just so much there. So we just wanted to compare kind of the different levels of Disney hotels and give you an idea as you're planning your Disney vacation, you know, what kind of hotels you should be looking for. So Leslie, what are the three levels of hotels that Disney uses? What are the, what's the terminology that Disney uses? Yes. So if you're totally new to this crazy world of Disney hotels, there are three major categories that Disney uses. They have their deluxe resorts, their moderate resorts, and their value resorts. I think that's pretty self-explanatory what each one is. They're also, I'll mention really quickly, there are these villas, deluxe villas. They're mostly DVC, Disney Vacation Club owned units. That's Disney's timeshare. And that's a topic for another podcast, but those are there as well, just to be aware. And you can rent them as well, but we'll, we'll get to that on another episode. But yes, yeah, so deluxe, moderate, and value. So let's talk a little bit about prices because that's what what drives so many decisions, at least in the very beginning when you're planning your Disney vacation. The value resorts are obviously the cheapest. And what is the price range you've seen on those, Joe? You can basically get, after taxes and fees and stuff like that, I think it's very feasible to get a value resort for around $100, especially in the off-season. Personally, I have a stay at All Star Movies coming up. This is in late June, so it's right in the thick of summer, and that's still only like 120, 125. So, you know, to me, Valley Resorts, you know, you're generally looking to go as low as 100, maybe as low as 90, but, um, you know, I think 100 is a safer bet. And maybe you see them go as high as 140, 150. One thing that I will add, though, is that you have to be careful. I'm wondering if in three or four years, whether this particular episode will be obsolete because it feels like Disney is really starting to blur the lines between value, moderate, and deluxe. An example I'll give is, you know, the art of animation, which is technically a value resort, really 
they only have maybe a quarter or a third of their rooms are standard sized rooms. And those are obviously value priced and you can get them between 100 and 150, like I said. But the majority of their rooms are family suites, which are really nice. Um, and they fit up to five or six people, but those all run for over $300 a night. So often when you're looking at art of animation, for example, you know, if you go to the Disney website, you'll see that the cheapest price is like $300 or something because all the value rooms sold out. So that's one thing to bear in mind. I wish Disney would keep it simple and value be value, moderate be moderate, deluxe be deluxe, but you just kind of never know. There's a lot of these blurring of lines uh, as we go along. Um, what about moderates? How much can you expect to pay for moderates? I think that's where the, there, <laughs> can't say it. I think Learn that's to where English. there. Learn to English, Leslie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that is where there is the most price differential, where the seasonal swings can really happen. You can get moderate resorts as cheap as right now. Some friends are seeing, I think, uh, Caribbean Beach for $113 a night, but that's not normal. That's because it's under construction right now. And I'd say high 100s, like 170 to 250 is about where I see it, depending upon the season and the, the resort. And some are more popular than others. I would say that, you know, I personally would pay more for Port Orleans Riverside than I would for Coronado Springs. So that's, they're usually priced in accordingly. What about you? Yeah, that's about what I see. You know, I try to keep it around 200 for moderates, but, you know, I stayed at Coronado Springs for, which, you know, I know we disagree on this. I, I think I prefer Coronado Springs and you prefer Port Orleans. Um, but yeah, I stayed there this past January for like 150 a night. I think it was maybe 165 after taxes and fees and all that. So yeah, you can get, you know, sometimes you can get pretty close to value resort pricing. Um, so, you know, it pays to look around. Definitely. Definitely. And, and last but not least, uh, deluxe resorts. And I always say when it comes to pricing on those, uh, the sky is the limit. When, if you're going to go Christmas week to the Polynesian, be prepared to pay 800 bucks a night for a standard room, but that's not normal. I think you can often find, deluxe resorts in maybe the low 300s to the 450 range. Uh, Grand Floridian and, and Polynesian get a bit more expensive, but those seem to be sweet spots for me. Yeah. And we should say that all these prices we're talking about, aside from when I went on the little aside about the art of animation suites, you know, these are all the standard rooms, like so standard garden view, like no special view. As you add on things like theme park view at the contemporary or lagoon view, at the Polynesian, or if you're going to go crazy, staying at Polynesian bungalows, obviously the prices go up and up and up. Like Polynesian bungalows, you know, can run you like $2,000 a night easy. So, you know, that's where I'm staying next. Right, Leslie? Yeah, but it's on my bucket list. It's going to happen, Joe, before I'm gone. The overwater bungalows at the Poly. Are you serious? You should just go to Tahiti instead. I know you can actually get a real overwater bungalow cheaper in Tahiti. And we thought Tahiti was insanely expensive when we were there and blocked at the price. But, uh, you know, some things, maybe, maybe when I win the lottery, how about that? Leslie in Tahiti, you can swim off your bungalow. Okay. <laughs> Definitely uh, can't on, swim. On Seven Seas World. Lagoon. Yes. On Seven Seas Lagoon. If you swim off your bungalow, you, you might get, you know, let's not talk about that, but it's no, dangerous. No. Okay? You stay out of the, stay out of the lakes. I, I, will, I will. I promise. So those are the prices. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is Disney's, this is another time when Disney's super wonky website can be really annoying. Like sometimes if you look for one night, like, so I'm staying one night next, next week at all-star movies. 
I'm sorry. This is the future. I stayed one night at All-Star Movies a week ago. I think when I originally looked for that, there was no availability at All-Star Movies. But then I looked for three days and you know there was availability. And then I just booked the three days and then canceled the other two. You got to do stuff like that with Disney all the time. It's super annoying. This is where I would say again, if you have a Disney travel agent, you might as well just use them because they'll do all that annoying work for you and you're not going to pay any extra to use them. So sometimes that just makes life easier. Yeah, agreed. The website's really wonky. I, I often hop over to Expedia or Hotels.com or something like that to actually find what the real availability is and then go back and check out Disney. Yeah. So uh, they, Disney gets a lot of things right. I will say that uh, technology, not one of them. Totally agree. Well, we've talked a lot about how much these resorts all cost. So let's talk a little bit about how they're different. And the biggest thing that always stands out to me is the size differential between the resorts. I mean, the value resorts and many of the moderates are really quite huge and the footprint of them can be very large. Like Coronado Springs, a moderate, you've got to take like, you can take a golf cart between the different sections um, and the shuttle actually, the Disney shuttles have multiple stops when they go back to Coronado Springs from the parks. So, so if that really matters to you, if you don't want to be walking a lot at your resort, I think you've got to aim for the deluxe resorts. The footprint on most of those is much, much smaller. They just are fewer rooms. Um, I, I just, I sometimes find the value in moderate resorts, especially if I'm like pushing a stroller, or dealing with a toddler to be a little overwhelming. What about you? Yeah. You bring up a really interesting point and that's not something I thought about or considered when we were thinking about just kind of the different types of hotels. You know, I think for the deluxe, you're paying for a lot of convenience. You're paying for, you're going to be closer to the parks. And also because like you said, it's a smaller footprint when you're getting around, even when you're taking the buses, it's going to be a lot shorter. And I think there is a trade-off like, you know, Coronado Springs, Port Orleans. It is nice to walk around the grounds. And, you know, sometimes if you're doing like a non-park day, it's nice to have kind of more things to explore at the hotel, but definitely the deluxe hotels are more compact. Everything's kind of more in a more localized area. So, you know, you bring up good points. Yeah, that's right. And, and and the corollary of that is, of course, the transportation to and from the parks, not just within the resort. The deluxe resorts also have just much more convenient, for the most part, it differs from resort to resort, much more convenient transportation options. There are, of course, the, the monorail resorts where it comes right through your hotel, the Grand Floridian, the Poly, and the Contemporary. And then there are the deluxe resorts that are within walking distance of Epcot, Boardwalk, Beach and Yacht Club. So those, those do have more transportation options. If you're going to be at a value or a moderate, it's mostly going to be a bus. Occasionally there are a few boats, things like that, but it's mostly going to be bus transportation. Until they build those gondolas. But yeah, I, I would say, I will say, I have to put this out there, although I haven't experienced myself, that people do say that at the deluxes, the bus service is not as good just because you can walk to parks that are closer by. So that's something to bear in mind. What about room types? Are the rooms pretty similar between the different levels of resorts? Or I guess how much nicer do they get as you get up to Deluxe? I find the value resort rooms pretty small. They're pretty tight in terms of the space. And the big dif difference to me as someone who's in a family of four is the bed types. The value resorts have two doubles in the standard rooms, whereas the moderates and deluxes, you can get the two queens. And you know, now that I have a nine-year-old daughter and four-year-old son who are sharing a bed, I think a queen is very necessary for family harmony. And for that very reason, actually, we just changed our plans for next week. We had a room reserved at the All-Star Sports and we found a good deal 
at Porter Lane's French Quarter, and we are now upgrading. So if that really matters to you, the, the bed situation to me is more important than necessarily the square footage of the room. Although back in the day when I had a pack and play in the room or you know had a stroller to park, the square footage mattered too, and the value resorts really are substantially smaller. Now some of some of the deluxe and the value and the uh, moderate resorts have can also sleep five in standard in some of the standard rooms. They have these little pull down trundle beds in some of the rooms. I know Port Orleans Riverside has them, and I know you can get them at a lot of the deluxe resorts as well. So if you have a bigger family, then that really is the way to go, especially for families of five. You don't have to necessarily get a second room. Yeah, those are great. Although I'm always a little paranoid that uh, someone's going to fall off. So pools. You know, a big part of your Disney stay is the pool. And a lot of people like to take the afternoons off, relax by the pools. Have you found any noticeable difference in pool quality, depending on resort size, resort type? Yes. So the big difference is value resorts are just standard pools. There aren't any water slides or any sort of special water features that you'll find at the moderates and the deluxe resorts. The deluxe resorts sometimes have these great splash pads. There's a great one I know at the Grand Floridian. So if you're really looking to have like a day at the pool and want the full experience, I think you'll want a moderate or a deluxe. And definitely check out each pool because they really are different. They have different features. That said, I do find the the value resort pools to be more than adequate. I mean, they're well-themed. So if you have young kids who don't really want to do a water slide, they're going to find it to be really well themed and they're going to feel like they're, you know, at a magical place, even if they're not going down a volcano water slide, like they're doing at the Polynesian. Definitely. There's fancier features at the deluxe resorts. And obviously storm along Bay at the yacht and beach club is, you know, people consider it as like the third Disney water park. But I think, like you said, like in terms of theming, the theming is great in pools across resort levels or, Maybe a better way to put it is you can find an excellently themed pool at a value as much as you could uh, at a deluxe. Like, for example, I think the big blue pool at Art of Animation is going to be as well or maybe even better themed than what you would get at the Contemporary, where it's just kind of more ho-hum. I guess it depends what you're looking for out of a pool. And in the end, generally, your kids are just looking to get wet and cool. So it doesn't need to factor in hugely to your hotel decision unless you really want to go to like Storm Along Bay. Yeah, I agree. We, we've enjoyed that, but we don't make our decisions based on pools. And, and I should add one thing. For those of you who have, who have young kids, you should know that all Disney resort pools have life jackets next to them. I really find that feature really important. I don't know why more hotels don't do that, but that's always a relief to me not to have to pack that. Yeah, definitely. All right. So in terms of eating options, value resorts and moderate resorts, they tend to have food courts, and restaurants. Is that correct? So value resorts only really have the food courts and the quick service options. So if you really care about a table service meal, you need to be looking at the next higher levels. Most moderates have a table service. I think there may not technically be one at Port Orleans French Quarter, but there's one at Riverside, something like that. But all the, and then of course the deluxe resorts have usually multiple sit down table service restaurants as, as well as some of the more signature dining experiences like character meals or sort of the unique dining experiences at a couple of places like the Spirit of Aloha dinner show at the Polynesian, things like that. So, yeah, if you want to have a, a table service meal at your hotel, then 
you're going to need to stay at the moderates or above. But oftentimes, I mean, I'm rarely dining at my hotel unless it's for really at a restaurant I've targeted. So I usually can make do just fine with the food courts. What, what's your take? I mean, we like food courts fine. You know, I think most of our, unless you're talking about like something like Chef Mickey's or uh, maybe Ohana, although I hear that the service Ohana has gone down a little bit lately, we don't go out of our way to kind of go to hotels to eat. So yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I will say one thing that I learned about from the Diz Unplugged podcast is, I don't know if you knew this, but All Star Movies has a secret menu. And when you ask for the secret menu, well, I won't spoil it, but if you're for some reason at All Star Movies at the food court, ask for the secret menu. It's pretty fun the way that you get to experience that secret menu. So um, you can check that out next time you're good enough to stay at All Stars and not upgrading to Port Orleans. I know. Well, that's a good tip to know. I don't know if I'll ever go back, Joe. You'll never go back. I mean, your kids, once your kids are teenagers, you just make them sit on the floor, sleep on the floor, right? That's that's true. Then we might be, be headed towards the two room situation. I don't know at what point my uh, nine-year-old and the four-year-old are going to refuse to share a bed, but it's coming pretty soon. The queen is barely big enough for my five and three-year-old. So, you know, I don't know how your nine and four-year-old do it. <laughs> Last thing, the deluxe resorts, they tend to have some extra special amenities, some more kind of higher class amenities for lack of a better term. So what can you get at deluxes that you can't get at moderates and values? Yes. Yeah, so the extra amenities include things like spas. So if that really matters to you, um, that's where you can find them. I, I've never gone to a Disney spa, I have to say. There are also concierge levels, which I know a lot of people can actually find some pretty good value in. I've never stayed at a concierge level myself, but know quite a few people who have. And you know, you can avail yourself of the snacks and the drinks and the, the food in the hotel and often save a lot of money on dining in the parks as a result. So sometimes that can be a worthy upgrade for some people if you're already staying at a deluxe paying the upcharge to to go to concierge level could be could be a a worthy splurge but yeah so if you if you really want the full luxury hotel experience you've got to be at the deluxe to have all those options available at your fingertips yeah and i think like we said in the past what you get for the money you spend is not going to be as fancy as you would get at like a fancy hotel elsewhere so just you know even the concierge level you know, it's not going to be as nice as staying at club level, you know, at, you know, the Four Seasons, obviously, or the Ritz-Carlton or something like that. So you may be paying the same price, but don't expect it to be as good. In terms of concierge level, it's something I want to do when my kids are like teenagers, because I feel like they should be able to eat their way through, at least eat enough to uh, make that worth the value. Uh, I will insert a tip here. Um, there is a travel agency that I really like to use called Magical Vacations Travel, and they often have agency-exclusive rates. So most travel agencies, you try to order from them, and then they go to Disney to see if Disney has availability. Some travel agents, like Magical Vacations Travel, they buy all the rooms from Disney first, um, and so they sell it at a cheaper rate because they have to get rid of the inventory because if they don't get rid of it, um, they're on the hook. So MVT can have very favorable rates if you're trying to stay concierge, but save a little bit of money. For example, you know, I'm not saying concierge, but I'm saying at the Polynesian in August, and I got a rate of like $300 a night, which is really tough to get elsewhere. That's awesome. That's a, a great tip to, to end on. But before we do end, we've started a new segment, uh, Disney Do's and Don'ts. 
where, where we just sort of share things that you should do, things that you should not do when it comes to your Disney vacation, random nuggets of wisdom that Joe and I have acquired from many Disney vacations. And I wanted to share just a, one quick Disney do when it comes to hotels, and that is to check the Disney construction schedule. There is a lot of refurbishment and things being built um, at Disneyland, at Disney World right now. And for example, Caribbean Beach is under some major construction with the Skyliner being built nearby. And so you really just should check. If you see a room rate that is too good to be true, it's probably because there's construction there. But sometimes those rates are really great values. Like if you just need to stay for a night before you fly out or something like that, that's really when you can find some amazing deals. But but do be aware of what you're booking and what you're paying for before you take the plunge. All right. Great tip. think that about does it. So, you know, if you have any questions or comments or want to share some of your knowledge about Disney hotels, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or on Twitter at WDW Deciphered. Find all the episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com. And, you know, you can subscribe, rate and review anywhere where you find podcasts. And of course, we'd really appreciate that. All right, Leslie, I will uh, see you next time. See you, Joe.